What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. Good afternoon, Ram Nation. We are back with another edition of DNVR Rams Live. I'm Justin Michael. I'm joined by Andre Simone. We've got a lot to get into. We're going to talk hoops. We're going to talk football. The 2024 schedule is out for CSU, so we'll kind of give some just way too early thoughts on the schedule. Take a look at some key stretches, give some thoughts on the buys and all of that. Record um, predictions that will be held to for the rest of the year. What are you talking about, Shane? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. We're going to carve it in stone, actually, <laughs> yeah, and it's going to hang in the back here for the entire world to see if your record does not come true. You got to carry that stone on your back, you know, like Game of Thrones style, and then the rest of the staff will shame us <laughs> rightfully so it's also one of those exercises where you go too low your listeners were for forever remember you as a hater no one will give you credit if you're right and if you're wrong the rest of the internet will remind you what an idiot you are it's a it, glorious place to be it's a really fun job it's sometimes it's <laughs> i love it i've been having thoughts like that of late when it comes to CSU men's basketball, uh, who have now lost three straights. Their NCAA tournament resume still strong, but the still strong. The slack has certainly tightened. They don't have much left to give as of now. We're going to get into all of that. I guess just first things first, what was your instant reaction Tuesday night? Because obviously it was a gut punch to me being there in person for Jared Lucas and his half-court stunner to shock the Moby Arena crowd. Both teams against Nevada since we spoke last. UNLV I could accept. Stung, but I could accept. Nevada just like, man, you got to hold serve at home. We've been talking that all along. These games over 70 points. What was their record going into this, J-Mike? They'd lost one? Yeah, so I mean, this year CSU they're still sixteen and one when they score seventy five or more. So that that's not actually impacted, but but right, but yeah. and they fell that one. So you know, games in the seventy we've talked about all year. That's this supposed is, to be where you win. That's your bread is, and butter, right? This is the rhythm I want the Rams to be at. And then, you know, I'm not gonna take a victory lap because on the last episode, my answer to a very tough question, which. Which of these opponents do you fear the most for the Rams? I said Nevada. But I said Nevada because of the Lucas-Blackshear combo scares me so much. It was just Lucas. Yeah, the Rams had a break with Keenan Blackshear not playing. The break of breaks, you had to bring it home, man. Yeah, it was It was. I don't care how it came about. I'm so bummed. Well, it, it's a tough one to stomach, much like these last two losses, because I don't think you necessarily played poorly. There were stretches mm-hmm. that were not great, but mm-hmm. they're defending at a high level right now. I mean, they held Nevada to 41% shooting. That's not 
an awful spot. They still have not given up 80 points in conference play. Like, right. there's a reason that they're in all these games. That's been a big theme, right? The defense and it's how been, good yeah, the defense has It's the best it's ever been, been in the Medved era. And I, I, I don't think people really realize that. At one point, they were hanging around 25 and adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. It's now dropped to like 33, but the, the highest it had ever been in the Ken Palm era, era was like the mid-50s. So, I mean, defensively, they, you kind of expected if they made the the jump that they did, this team could be like potentially historically good because mm-hmm. you just assumed that the offense was going to keep rolling like we saw early on in the year. And that just has not been the case. I mean, I'll get into some of the numbers here coming up. I want to kind of go back to what you mentioned with Jared Lucas. He obviously came up huge, hits the game-winning shot. He had 23 points. Him and Isaiah each finished with 23 points. His two highest-scoring games in league play, both against CSU. He had 28 in the game in Reno, had 23 in this one, uh, redeems himself after missing three out of four free throws late. I mean, he he's the one that left the door open and allowed Isaiah Stevens to go down and tie it. Right. Six of 18 shooting for Lucas. So they didn't do a bad job no. on him. And it's, it's similar to what we were saying last week with the New Mexico guards, right? Like, honestly, those shooting percentages, you're happy to live with. But I, then, like, <laughs> how did it all line up to so many of the factors we've felt good about? And then at the end of the day... It's on the wrong side of the win-loss column. It's just, it comes down to shots. Like, it's a little bit of a cliche here, but really three games in a row in games where I felt like both teams more or less defended pretty well, defended at a high level, kind of traded runs back and forth. That UNLV game, it felt like all night was just a a back and forth of here's a six-point run for them, here's a six-point run for CSU. Yeah, This one was a little bit different. You have the slow start offensively, which was killer. I mean, you go into the break down 11 points, which is the just not at all where you wanted to be. And in that second half, though, the offense was better and you're able to kind of keep chipping away. It, it For a long time, it felt like it was going to be that UNLV situation where, or even the Nevada situation last time they were in Reno where it's like they kept getting within five, six, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. They finally do get over the hump late. Neek hits a big corner three. They only went one of six from three-point range in that second half. That was a big factor. You know, Nevada had some guys step up and, and hit some threes late. They went yeah. four of tens versus one of six for the Rams. Yep you're able to tie it, but then you have kind of a defensive lapse there late. And I know it's a really tricky spot because this game was officiated so frustratingly. There were 34 combined fouls in the second half alone. And I don't think the refs determined the outcome or anything like that. That's not the point of bringing this up. It's just that it was a, it was a tough watch. And I felt like it was tough for either team to just gain any type of like consistent momentum there in the second half. And foul trouble was obviously a big factor. But it, it sucks that after executing at a really high level, basically for 39 minutes and 30 seconds, this one wasn't quite as well as, as down in Albuquerque. You have a defensive lapse at the end of the game and you let the guy get the look off way too clean. And I mean, he didn't go to the rim. Obviously, they only had two seconds. They were able to force him over to the the corner, which is kind of what you're trying to do in those situations. You don't want him to get it from straight on, but... At the same time, he was able to get a running start. Nobody stops the ball. Nobody really gets their hand up to contest it. Again, I know you don't want to foul with all the free throw attempts that you gave up, which was a big factor. But to have that guy 
get that look in that situation. And I'd say the same thing about Donovan Dent on his game-winning layup in Albuquerque. It felt a bit of the same. It's like, okay, but like that's the one guy you know in this situation mm-hmm. is going to get the ball and what he's trying to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gut-wrenching because you did defend really well and you have been defending really well, but you've also had these now, in my opinion, two kind of key lapses and, the, the one in Albuquerque was worse, letting him go coast to coast and then also fouling, giving the and one. That's a worse situation than a guy banking in a half-court buzzer. Like, at the end of the day, just no you kind of have to tip your hat to him. No That's doubt. a crazy shot. No doubt. But he's capable of doing that, and we know that. And look, there's been some late-game lapses slash misfortune that for those of us who have followed this team all season... Will haunt us for a little bit. There's a couple of them now, and that's there's a that's couple of them. Yeah, why you're in the position that you're in now. And when I look at the standings, I cannot help myself but not think about that one, two, three shots that could have gone another way, and how different the Rams look in the standings. You well, know, that's I the mean, difference between contending for a conference championship and being, being in the position ranked, that you're frankly. in right now or yeah, even yeah just totally being a top man. 25 team 100%. if you win a couple of those you're you're certainly in the top 25 right we've got a question here uh, we, we will talk NCAA tournament resume coming up so I'm not going to go too far into it but I will answer this one from Eric Simmons in the comment section uh, how far do you think Colorado State can go in the NCAA tournament i think one win max he says uh, i will say first of all if CSU were to win one game in the NCAA tournament that's a successful season. They haven't done that in over a decade. Historically, it's an outstanding accomplishment. Like, yes, for ninety-nine percent of teams in the country, simply getting to the tournament is a win. If you win a game, that's awesome, and anything past that is gravy. Now, given the start that you had at the beginning of the year, the fact that you were thirteenth in the country, the way you dominated Creighton, you were kind of hoping, you know, to go on a historic run, and that's still possible. That's the thing that I want to make. Clear and I know I sound like a broken record at times, but you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you could be a three seed and get bounced in the first round because you're cold, or you can be the eight seed that upsets the one and goes on a run. Like That's exactly so much right. of it in a single elimination format comes down to how were you for those, you know, two hours and what kind of draw did you get? You know, it's just there's a lot of things, there's a lot of luck involved in making a run in the NCAA tournament. And if you go back and look at San Diego State, like, there were two games that they really had to escape, like just barely. So we'll see what's going to happen. Um, obviously, it's a frustrating stretch, and Medved talked about that post game. Just it's okay to be frustrated. That's right. But I think that's right, man. It would be a mistake. You set everything up to get to this point. This week was crucial. This week we felt good about them being able to finally sweep the week. Maybe get get a road scalp that seemed achievable. Get back at Nevada at Moby. And, you know, we can accept some of these road losses because you're taking care of business at Moby. Well, not taking care of business at Moby was really detrimental. I think, you know, the tournament winning one game is an incredible goal. I think we need to, I've said this a few times during the season, recalibrate. Just recalibrate as in let's set our sights on the Mount West tourney. Let's, Let's see, just take it one day at a time there. at That's this right. point. That's right. You're all but guaranteed to be playing day one in Vegas, which is unfortunate. Technically speaking, there is a small 
path to finishing fifth still, they would need UNLV to like lose out and you would need some other teams to lose multiple UNLV games on top of, of that. all of a sudden, huh? Ten dubs in the conference. Look at that. It might be a seven-bid Mountain <laughs> West depending <laughs> on what happens in Vegas. Oh, I mean. just, it's just incredible. You were cooking for a sec before I interrupted you. Nico in the post game was talking about it's okay to be frustrated. Yeah, it's just... that. Obviously, these last three games have sucked, and in particular, to lose the way you did against New Mexico and, and Nevada, yeah, that's a gut punch. I, I was in a bad mood all of yesterday, and honest to God, guys, like I've been doing this long enough now that I'll, I'll always, in my heart, like I'm always going to be pulling for the Rams. It's always going to sting when they come up short. But some like I, I can get over it so much quicker than I ever used to be able to because I have to. Like if I lived and died by the yeah, results, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to get out of bed some stretches. Like it, it's been tough. And it's also part of the job. It's like, look, man, you can't let no, you, your teams make you this miserable or like I got content to write. This shows is right, those, right. So. Like this is really gonna be a tough existence. Yeah. yeah. But yesterday sucked, man. To to come all yeah. the way back, it feels like you have the momentum. Isaiah Stevens with the vintage jumper to tie the game. Like that shot deserves so much better. That comeback effort deserves so much better, but you have this one lapse and it comes back to bite you. You now have no more leeway. They know that it's okay to be disappointed about where you're at, but at the end of the day, like you're still comfortably being projected into the NCAA tournament field. You're not on the bubble yet, but for all intents and purposes, you might as well be. And we'll kind of get into that here. For me, and Medved talked about this, while it may be frustrating, you don't want to take away the wrong conclusions from this. And, like, they are defending at a high level right now. Offensively, you're moving the ball. You're attacking the paint. Most nights, they're winning the battle in the paint by double digits. But the shooting has just fallen off of a cliff. And it's not like they're not getting good looks. You're getting the same looks that you were hitting earlier in the season. They're not falling. Those threes at the top of the key from Cartier, um, you can see it. It almost looks like he's aiming a little bit. Him and Neek both. The, the shots Neek would get from yeah. deep have not been falling. He had the one late, which was huge to you know, give CSU a chance to tie it there. But they've got to be able to stretch the floor. And somebody outside of Isaiah Stevens has got to hit some of these jump shots more consistently. Because to me, that's the biggest difference in this game is you can look at, and a lot of them were second chance opportunities where it's even more frustrating, right. but Utah State would tip the ball out and, or Nevada, excuse me, I'm sorry, all these games are blending together. And then McIntosh or Coleman hits a three. Like, right, you can live with the big Jared Lucas shots. Yeah. It's everybody else and the Rams, they aren't getting enough from everybody else right now. Joel Scott's killing it, killing it in the paint. Zay's able to get his shot. Other than that, it's really inconsistent and kind of wonky at the moment. No, that's for sure. And look, Nevada ends up shooting 47.6% from three. Let me tell you what. The Rams ever got 47% of their threes to land in one of these road games, their, their road record would look better than it does right now. I'd be a, that's hell a hell of a lot better. Huge equalizer, right? And it's why the winning on the road so hard is usually your role players aren't as good. And the Rams, uh, their role players let them down at home, and their role players showed up, had kind of a rare good game when they needed it most with one of their two stars out. And I'm sure there's an element of like that, right? You know, that, that's a must win game if you're Nevada. They are firmly on the bubble. You're missing your star. Maybe there's an element that kind of rallies you yeah, together. And yeah. the hot start probably gave them some confidence. You know, like if CSU is able 
to come out and establish a double digit lead. Maybe that team shorthanded kind of lays down in the second half, but That's you right. gave them confidence. Right. And then, you know, unfortunately just weren't able to, to keep them off of the, the foul line. And up until the end there, they were not missing their free throws. They did miss like four in the last minute, which was, was wild. Cause up to that point, it felt like they couldn't miss. You just, you got to execute a little bit better. I like, I don't think you throw out the playbook. I don't think, you know, all of a sudden we rip up the rotation or anything like that. Maybe you make some minor tweaks here and there, but to me, it really just comes down to, can you space the floor better? And can you hit some of these open jumpers that you're getting? They're open, they're uncontested. It's good ball movement, but it's just killing the flow of the offense. And then it's why they have these two, three minute stretches where they don't score. Yeah, man. I mean, they made six threes all game. Four of those are from Nick and Isaiah. You need more. You need more. And it's, and it's, this isn't like me trying to bag on anybody individually. They got beat at their own game a little bit. Yeah, they really did, honestly. And that's, yeah, that's good. Got a question here from Eric. I think that he says, I think that's weird that the Mountain West is stronger than the ACC. What do you think ACC is having a down year? I look, there's, there's a lot of beef right now between ACC and Mountain West fans online. And I like to crack (laughs) jokes. I will say, I think the Mountain West top to bottom is deeper than the ACC this season. I think the top two teams in the ACC Duke and North Carolina are stronger than the top two teams in the Mountain West. That said, when you look at like, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth place teams, like the seventh place team in the ACC would get their ass kicked by CSU. And I, I feel that pretty confidently. It's just a random year, but that's the that's why you got to keep perspective as a Ram fan, despite the shortcomings. It's disappointing, but we're kind of getting that high major basketball experience right now where you had the great start in non-conference play, but now in your league, which is a bloodbath, it's a little bit more of a struggle. And, you know, if you go 500 in the ACC after having a great non-conference play, you're going to be a tournament team every year. You know, if, if in the Mountain West, probably most years, that's not going to be the case. But for like CSU, for instance, if you go 10 and eight in league play and then, you know, win, I think you got to win at least one game in Vegas. And that's what we're about to talk about before we get into some football question thoughts. Um, Yes. You should be in a really good spot. So yes, the ACC is having a down year. Yes. I think the mountain West is better. uh, But like, if you put a knife to my back and we're like, who's the best team between the ACC and the mountain West, I still think it's North Carolina. Which, like, yeah, big whoop. Yeah, and that's I fine. I should hope so uh, with yeah, you all would the resources so. <laughs> they're throwing at basketball over there. And I'll you tell know? you this, like, if you were a team like Duke, I don't think you would want to play San Diego State in the tournament. I don't think you'd want to have to match up with Ladie. Like, if I'm a Filipowski and I'm trying to, you know, raise my NBA lottery stock and you want to have, like, your March moment, yeah. that's not a team you want to face with mm-hmm. all those veterans, Parrish and, and Ladie and I bet you there'd be a lot of sharp money on the Aztecs in that one. Honestly. 100%. 100%. They're the veteran team. It's who you like in the tournament. Well, and it's even why when they were struggling, I kept saying repeatedly, the league still runs through San Diego until proven otherwise. And there's just an inevitability to them. And it's because they've established this brand. And that's what you're trying to do as CSU. You're trying to get to multiple tournaments in a row. And then you're trying to win multiple games in multiple tournaments in a row. And then you win multiple, you know, conference championships. And, and you just kind of get that ball rolling. And we've been close had a little bit of stagnation last year, mostly due to injuries. You know, Roddy leaving a year early going to the NBA, that 
that changed some things as well in terms of their trajectory. But mm-hmm. you've got an opportunity here to close strong. You have an opportunity to still make some noise, and that's what we're going to get into. Um, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> After that game on Tuesday night, I sure could have used an ice-cold Coors Light because I needed to chill out for a moment, dude. I needed to reset. Yeah, uh, nice little silver bullet for you, but uh, would have been perfect. Well, you got to get on that, man, because it's the perfect thing to chill. We got to set up some time to just sit down, enjoy a couple frosty Coors Lights, you know, when basketball season's over, we got to do that. We really do. It's it's the perfect time of year for it. And the sunshine, I mean, there's a reason that it's Coors Field, guys. It's just Colorado sunshine, cold filtered beer that's literally as cold as the Rockies. Like, it all just works together. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm chilling at home, Coors Light is the beer for me because it's cold filtered, cold lagered, cold packaged. When it's time to refresh, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the beer I reach for when you want to hit that reset, grab the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Instacart. All you got to do is go to CoorsLight.com slash DNVR. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just want to talk to you guys about DNVR events. We've got all kinds of fun stuff. Shout out to everybody that came through to the watch party on Saturday night against UNLV. Obviously not the outcome we wanted, but it was awesome to pair with the Alumni Association. The turnout was great. We had a full bar. It was really awesome to see. If you weren't there, you missed out. Be there at the next one. Um, We've got on March 25th, we're pairing with the Alumni Association again for the DNVR Rams takeover. It's CSU night at the Nuggets game. Uh, If you go to the Alumni Association or you go to the DNVR events calendar, you can get a ticket and you can get a ticket to our party bus, which will take you to and from Ball Arena. It is going to be awesome. Pretty sweet. Depending on what happens with NCAA tournament stuff, I may or may not be there, but it's going to be a blast for any Ram fans that can. Make sure you go check that out. Lots of fun stuff always happening over at DNVR, DNVR events. Said that weird, but that's okay. Um, let's talk about the tournament resume. Let's do it, man. Um, I will say the biggest thing kind of finishing off your point about the league. So point I think we've been making the last month or so, the middle of the Mountain West has raised itself into the upper tier of the Mountain West. That's really what's made this conference so loaded. We did not think UNLV and Nevada would quite be this good. I didn't think Boise would be as good as they've been. On Utah State being this good after not returning a single point. I mean, you have seven legitimate teams that you could see realistically winning a game or two in the tournament. It's a murderer's row, and it's a lot more than just, you know, Nevada, San Diego State, Colorado State. We knew these teams would be good coming into the season. I'm not sure we thought they'd be this good. Well, and even the bottom teams. like, And that's, yeah, what's, the bottom- that's what's really scary for CSU going into these last games. Like, Wyoming was able to take UNLV to overtime the other night, albeit in Laramie, which is a really tough place to play. But still. But still, they're able to push them and take them to OT. Air Force beat UNLV by 30 in their own building. like, And, and they what, obviously took CSU to overtime. Fresno got frisky Tuesday, didn't Fresno they? took Utah State to OT. I mean, it was a crazy night of Mountain West hoops. It, it delivered across the board. The Mountain West has. It's why even after this, this struggle of a, a month... 
you see the respect that the Rams are still getting when it comes to their NCAA tournament uh, projections. When you look at the metrics, they're still 30th in net, even after losing three straight. Uh, they're 42nd in strength of schedule, which is great. They're going to get a lot of credit for that. A lot of that has to do with non-con and the strength of the league. The 33rd in Ken Palm, um, they're on 100% of the bracket projections on bracket matrix. Again, this is all factoring in the three-game losing streak. And despite the fact that they're currently seventh in the Mountain West standings, they're projected to be a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. That's high major basketball respect. Yeah, 100%. Um, look, 28 looks tough, but when you get into the metrics, you do feel a lot better about it. Yeah, I mean, optically, when you were trying to push into the top 10 of all of college basketball a right. couple months back, not even finishing in the top five of your league and having to play day one of the conference tournament, that's that stinks. And to an extent, you probably did underachieve based on what you know you were capable of doing i don't want to frame it as some like massive failure because again this league is really good i think there have been failures along the way but i just mean like as a whole i don't i think framing a year in which you won 20 plus games knock on wood should make the ncaa tournament were ranked for multiple months pulled off the highest ranked win you've ever had all coming off of a 15 and 18 year like clearly that's a success no doubt <clears throat> no doubt. At the I same. just look at the 20 and 8 record and I think could it have been 24 20, and 4? Like 22 and 6 is all I have. Like that yeah. would feel so much better, you know. No, it's just true. Give me back Wyoming in one of those two disastrous uh, disa tough finishes between New Mexico and Nevada and all of a sudden we're feeling so much better, you know, but that's not life. That's basketball, man. No, but it's it, it is the reason that everybody fe is feeling uneasy right yeah. now and I'm not yeah. trying to you know, make it seem like I'm downplaying or anything like that. Um, shout out to everybody in the comment section. We love you. It looks like we've got people watching from Vegas. We got Joey shouting our guy, Andre. My guy, Joey. We appreciate you. Always tuned in. If you'd give us a thumbs up, I certainly would appreciate it. Yes, that'd be awesome. The thing is, while if Selection Sunday were today, if it was Selection Thursday, the Rams would be in. They would be a tournament team, I, I think, pretty comfortably. It's not determined today, though. And you now are in a spot where you're going to have to play two final regular season games against regional rivals who have already proven both against you and other competition that they are frisky and capable of hanging. Yep. But metric-wise, it's going to be at best Q3 game, probably Q4. It's a really tough spot on top of day one of the Mountain West tournament where you're potentially going up against somebody for a third time this year. That's the big one. These are all going to be Q3, Q4 games, and you cannot afford to lose any of them if you do not want to be uneasy on Selection Sunday. Losing one, like if you went two and one, it's not a guarantee you wouldn't be out or anything like that, but you're firmly on the bubble at that point. And I think you've got to get to the second day of the, NCAA, of the uh, Mountain West tournament to really feel comfortable. And essentially go undefeated this final stretch of the regular these season. Are most, these are, yeah, these two regular season games are without a doubt must win. There you go. Those are the stakes. This is the point we've gotten to. This is what losing three in a row means. Like at, at a certain point, we can, you know, temper our anger and put things in the proper context this is the decisive stretch. It's do or die. Like, like there are no second chances anymore. We are at we are at where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> like well, plain and simple. 
even as frustrating as that game in, in Laramie was when you lose it at that point, yeah, you had the, the two league losses to Boise and Utah State, but you're still totally. you're feeling good. You got a lot totally. of flexibility. You know, we'll, we'll make it up somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen. They didn't end up stealing any of the ones on the road outside of Fresno State. That's where it becomes really crucial to add another road victory in the springs against Air Force. Yes. And then just as, as we said, you can't lose home games. That's the biggest killer, especially from a metric standpoint. Like these are the games, if you really want to help yourself, like a blowout would be huge just because it's fair or not, like or flawed or not. Blowing bad teams out is actually a better way to raise your net ranking than like bare, like, for instance, Boise blowing out uh, Air Force would jump higher than like Nevada beating CSU and Fort Collins on a nail biter because the the blowouts juice the numbers, so they kind of got to fix that. But yeah, you got to kind of well, you got to take advantage of that. But that's what I'm saying. You have an opportunity here, yeah, like if you can establish a big lead, get it going, get that double digit lead. Like this is a game where you'd really like to see them. Get the offense rolling, get Neek and Pat going again, you know, work the paint and really just create some positive momentum, which I, I think they really need right now because while this team is veteran, they're together, like I don't think they're just gonna, you know, like collapse all together and lose out or something like that. Like it is human nature at some point when you take these gut punches repeatedly, it wears on you. 100% man, uh, toughest loss they'd had to this point was that game in Laramie. And we were really impressed with <clears throat> how they bounced back and kind of turned the corner after that. I think this is another one of those times. I hope so. They got to respond. Like we said, it's, it's now or never. Um, yeah, one thing I just wanted to talk about on the hoop side before we transition over the 2024 football schedule, which was released earlier this afternoon, um, I got subtweeted by a former person on the beat, um, basically saying, like, I don't know why the media is unwilling to talk about the Rams being on the bubble. That's um, because they weren't up until this point. A lot of comparisons to the 2014-15 team, which won 27 games, uh, but ultimately was left out on Selection Sunday. Um, at the time, I think it was the highest-rated RPI team uh, to ever be left out for the fun fact, Rams would be 15th in RPI right now. Um, that team won 27 games. They also ranked 128th in strength of schedule. Comparatively, this team right now, you're 42nd. It's three times as impressive of a resume. They only had one high major win. It was over CU in Boulder. They had no ranked wins that year. The resumes just really aren't that comparable to the 2014-15 team. Now, if, if you want to compare that season to this one, what you can bring up is a team like Wyoming, who was not expected to win the, the tournament. They got hot. They won it all in Vegas. Maybe stole CSU's bid yep. as an at-large team. Yep. So if you want to compare it to that situation, I, I think that's favorable. But just in terms of the... The regular season itself, I don't think it's that good of a comparison. I actually think the 2011-12 team under Tim Miles is a better comparison. That team, they went 20-12. and 12. Ultimately, they were an 8 or a 9 seed. They lost to Murray State uh, in the first round there. Um, but that team ranked 60th in strength of schedule, which is you know closer to where this team is. The 20 wins, obviously closer. They had three ranked wins at Moby, so 
even though they finished six and six over the final 12 games, very much like this, they had the resume points to get them there. Now you still had to win a game in Vegas, which again, I think is a huge factor for this Rams team. You've got to win two to close out the regular season. And you do not want to be a day one bounce. No. And let's face it. The struggles on the road have lessened my confidence in neutral field settings. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, they're 3-0 in neutral site games, and they totally. played some of their best basketball in those games. So It's just been a minute. But it's been a long time. It's so it's, yeah, that's fair. I, a, that, that team gave me a lot more confidence, frankly. Um, uh, so, no, it's just like, got to get back on the horse. Got to embrace it. This league is loaded. Again, that's where I'd reframe things. I don't think it's so much the Rams' shortcomings as much as it is some really great basketball teams. Yeah, the league is elevated and stepped up. Anyone can beat you in this league. And it's cool to see everybody on a national level really appreciate it. The people that truly... I'm talking about the people that truly know the game, not Barstool from some ACC account who's like, the Mountain West sucks. Syracuse would win the league. No, I'm talking about the people that actually couple... Yeah, you know, the Lenardis of the world. If you listen to any of the, the national college basketball pods, like they're just talking about, man, this league delivers and people on the East coast are actually staying up to watch mountain West basketball. I'm not saying something because East coast, East coast media, they wouldn't even stay up for Christian McCaffrey in football. I, that's a great point. I do, I actually think it's gotten to a point where if you are in that space, covering college hoops from more of a national perspective, you have to talk. You better uh, like you have to if you want to be legitimate, because it's just been that kind of league. Um, It'd be like being a national fun, football man. guy. That's like you know I, I don't really pay that close of attention to the Big Ten. Yeah, or like in a year like last year, the Pac-12. You know, yeah, yeah, where it was yeah, yeah. like us. Oh, Six teams are ranked. Maybe might want to get on that. Maybe, maybe yeah. watch a USC yeah. Oregon game every check, now. Check and out then. Caleb Williams once in a while. Sure. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the 2024 football schedule. I'll have plenty of more hoops content coming up. Um, By the way, on Saturday, CSU will be doing a moment of silence for the student-athletes lost, uh, the the Wyoming swimmers tragically killed on the the accident on 287, which is really cool to see. I I know I brought this up a couple of times now, but, um, you know, some things are just bigger than sports and the history between our communities. We have a... A connectedness that goes back, you know, 150 years. So I just want everybody in, in Laramie, I know there's not a ton of Wyoming fans, I'm sure, listening to this, but just to know that my heart goes out to them. Game time. They're the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater. You can get last-minute yes, deals. What's great is it's convenient. You get all-in prices up front. You can see the view from your seat. You get the best price guarantee. And it just takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Um Jay, you can get deals on tickets even an hour after it events or even an hour after right. the event starts. No, you nailed it. It's uh, really crazy. They've got some flash deals right now for that game at Air Force. You've called for people to... Isaiah Stevens' Ram, last regular the season Ramley, game. The Ram Nation to come and take over. I mean, there was ever an athlete in this athletic department's history that deserves you making the drive to Colorado... Springs? Yeah, Springs. I would say their name is Isaiah Stevens. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the reality is is maybe it'll dictate like whether you finish in seventh or sixth place, and that's 
not that exciting, but this is five years in the making. He is the greatest player in program history. No doubt. He deserves a ton of CSU support there. And, you know, if you're from the Denver area, what's the difference? If you're going to the Springs or going to Fort Collins, it's a little bit more of an annoying drive, I would say, but distance-wise, it's about the same. Right. Game time makes that so easy to do. They're the best, man. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem that code DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Finally, with Empire Today, you get the shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. There are copycats out there, but they can't beat Empire, not on their quality, not on their service, their speed. So what they're going to do is they're going to advertise a bunch of low prices that are, you know, admittedly lower than Empire's. But the reason is because they're selling you a bunch of crappy flooring that they would never put in their own ho- in their own homes. Empire says, nah, they're not doing any of that. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need. They're not trying to overwhelm you with a thousand different options. They're just trying to give you the cream of the crop. And they're trying to make the process as easy as possible. With the virtual floor designer, it's a great way to see how any flooring will look in a space. You can just take a picture of your living room. Boom, you can see like, how is my couch going to look on this? You know, what is this carpet going to look like with my ottoman and all that? Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code DNVR. Restrictions do apply. It's empiretoday.com slash DNVR for details. Boom, nailed it. The football schedule's out, man. Yep. A little bit different. Um, I know we're kind of going, doing a 360 here or a 180, I guess, in terms of the the content, but I figured it'd be fun. You know, it's always exciting at that time when you can think, what if all of the possibilities still on the table? Uh, Kind of an intriguing schedule. Um, Conference slate doesn't hit till late, huh? Yeah, really does this year. Um, And obviously with the Oregon state, like the PAC 12 Alliance thing that makes it even later, that game will not count as a conference game. Um, I'll just go through it real quick. If you go to the DMVR Rams account on Twitter or X, we posted a graphic. You can save it on your phone. Really, really cool. It's got BFN on it. Got Horton uh, shout out to the graphics team for getting that up for us. Uh, we opened the season August 31st at Texas, September 7th at home against Northern Colorado. The 14th is the Rocky Mountain Showdown, first game against CU in FOCO since 1996. After that, UTEP comes to town. Uh, Then you've got a bye week on September 28th before going to Oregon State. October 12th is the Mountain West opener against San Jose State. The 19th at Air Force, homecoming on the 26th against New Mexico at Nevada on November 2nd before a bye week again on November 9th. Both Wyoming and CSU will have a bye on November 9th before the border war on the 16th. Fun little wrinkle there. Uh, November 23rd at Fresno State should be one of the better teams in the league. Kind of like that you get that one later in the year, though. Uh, Fresno will have a bye before that game as well. Uh, November 30th, you close the regular season at home against Utah State for senior day. Couple of quick tidbits: seven home games on the schedule, first time in over 20 years. Two bye weeks on the schedule: the 28th of September and November 9th. You've got three straight home games in the non-conference schedule. Never have to play back-to-back road games. What kind of jumps out to you about this schedule? Non-conference starts off with a bang. Um, Texas, CU, CSU are 
three of the teams I'm pretty keyed in on with returning quarterbacks who I think could really take a jump. So uh, the over is going to be hot in those games. Big test for the Rams' defense. I love I love having you on the pod because that's just like a storyline or an angle to the beginning uh, of the season that I wouldn't have considered. That's how my brain works, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, Ewers against BFN, Shadur Sanders against BFN. BFN, a Texas kid, opportunity to go into his home state. You know, I'm sure he's going to have tons of friends and family. Gets that opportunity once, and then he gets to host UTEP at the end of September. So two Texas schools there to start off the year. Non-conference, though. It's a tough one. I don't see Boise. I don't see San Diego State. That was the benefit. So, you know, this. We got both those games off the schedule because of the alliance with Oregon State mm-hmm. and uh, Washington State. And instead of San Diego State and Boise State, you now go to Oregon State and Reno, which, uh, yeah, I mean, you've got the weird element of the, you know, Jay Norvell, Nevada stuff. But at this point, none of those Nevada players will have even played for Norvell. It'll be more yeah. of a a storyline with the fans than the actual people on the field. Yeah. And frankly, like, yeah, I, fine, I'll go to Reno instead of playing Ashton Gienti. That's fine. Right, yeah, no problem. Or the blue field, you know. Um, I mean, the fact that you get to dodge UNLV after the outstanding season they had. Now, a lot of turnover. They did keep all their skill guys, though. I mean, like, you lose Naeva, yeah, which is yeah. a really tough spot because of how great he was. Yeah. By the way, I still don't know if he officially, like, I don't know if I've ever seen, is he on campus at USC? I don't know about that either. I don't know if it's official. It I might know. be an academic situation where he has to, like, qualify. Um, sometimes that stuff can get kind of weird. Yeah. And, I mean, you get Wyoming at home. Off of the bye, which I love. I love that you don't have to play Air Force, Wyoming, and Boise State back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Yep. I mean, they don't even play Boise, but feels like there was a stretch there for six, seven years in a row. It was just a guarantee that that was going to be a three-game stretch. So, I mean, look, I think this set up to be a huge year three for the Jay Norvell era. I think the way this conference schedule sets up becomes even bigger because this looks manageable to me. Me too. I mean, it's, this it's looks opening manageable. at Texas is tough. Playing the Buffs, you know, you never know what's going to happen uh, in it's a rivalry tough. game situation. That's that's a tough schedule. But. And sacrificing a conference opponent for Oregon State, who was Oregon State at one point last year, it looks like a title contender. Was ranked and the only they had two losses, and it was by a cumulative six points. They're tough. They run the ball. No, they're they're tough. But they've lost their coach. They'll have a new quarterback. There's a lot, obviously, the uncertainty with the conference is massive. Well, that's the tough thing when you look at the schedule is, at least from this way too early projection perspective, is that, you know, you look at uh, Northern Colorado will be a second-year coach. CU will be a second-year coach. UTEP will be a first-year coach. Oregon State's a first-year coach. San Jose State's a first-year coach. New Mexico's a first-year coach. Nevada's a first-year coach. Wyoming's Wyoming's a a first-year coach. coach. So half your schedule is going to be basically unknown now. I kind of like that. Like, you know, you'd rather play half your schedule against first-year coaches than third-year coaches, obviously. You just don't really know what you're going to get with a lot of these teams, what they're going to look like, what's their identity going to be, you Mm -hmm. know, what's the transfer situation going to be, especially post-spring. That's pretty common. You know, you see the new staff. Some guys give it a shot in spring ball, and then you could have a mass exodus. Like, it's just a really weird spot but I like it, and I think it bodes really well for a CSU team who, like we said, has seven home games, never has to play back-to-back on the road. Yeah. You return your starting quarterback. Um, 
shoot, like they're going to be like one of three teams on their schedule that returns a quarterback. Yeah, and two of them are very early in the season, yeah. as I mentioned. That's yours and Shador Sanders. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd much rather go to Corvallis on October 5th than I would in November. I would too. You know, Although, the, I mean, that's, it, I feel like Corvallis has come a lot, become a lot like Salt Lake City in the Pac-12, where it's just like, yeah. that's just not a place you want to go. Oh, exactly. It'll be fun for the fans, exactly. though. Kind of unique. You know, if you're... If, you are a CSU fan that can travel. Mm-hmm. The Rams were supposed to go there in 2020, I believe, but COVID wiped that game out. So you, you know, got an opportunity there for a return trip potentially after playing them in 2017 in the home opener against Canvas Stadium mm-hmm. or for Canvas Stadium. Yeah, and even the lack of road games is pretty impressive, especially after October 20th. You know, like. After October 5th, road to Oregon State, road games. you're playing two road games out of state. Yeah. The other road games at Air Force. It's a really good spot for a In team a that returns a lot own. of production. So, again. Hearing good things. It's all progressed to here. Year three of Jay Norvell's where... Uh, the pressure's on, though. Where like, the returns need to come. The pressure's big time on. And, I mean, the AD who hired presently active coaches is no longer there, right? So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that just naturally... Yeah, it's going to turn up the the heat a little bit. But, I mean, also just given the way that this past season ended. You guys, if you listen to the show, you know how I feel about Jay Norvell. You know that I'm a big supporter and I wholeheartedly believe in the direction of the program under him. It's also a results business. And in a year where you really should have gone 500, like... Six and six was not out of the realm of the possibility for a team with that much talent on both sides of the ball. And they underperformed. They, they lost a lot of tight games and it came back to bite them. Um, in a lot of ways, that loss to Hawaii was kind of like the Nevada loss for basketball the other night. You're, you probably don't deserve to win. Like you play from behind the entire game, but then dramatically you find a way to tie it late. Seems like if it just goes to overtime, the momentum's in your favor, but... You know, you're not locked in for the last couple of seconds. Boom, you still lose in regulation. We've we've had some tough ones this year. They're, yeah. This is a joke, but I almost feel like we sold our soul on that Boise football win for what's ended up now just getting paid back to us between football and basketball five, six times over. God, that was a crazy game. Genty could not be stopped for so much of that, too. I think... I'll give the coaching staff, the Boise staff, the benefit of the doubt and just assume that he was gassed at the end because why they wouldn't have just fed, force-fed oh. him for the rest of the game. That was nuts. He's that incredible. Nuts. But again, huge that you wild. get to avoid Boise State next year. It's massive, man. Because it's really huge. They're, they're definitely going to be the front runner to win the league. Um, yeah. Bring in, what's his name, Malachi Nelson, the USC transfer quarterback, yep. top-rated yep. quarterback in the class this past year. So... Big expectations for them. If I had to put, like, a knife to your back, what do you see as far as record goes? Now, again, like, there's so much uncertainty given, like, we don't even know who half these teams' quarterbacks are going to be right now. But just kind of based on what we know about the, the opposing teams, what we know about the Rams, if I were to throw out, like, seven and five as the baseline, would you go over or under that? It's well or set. should six and six be the it's baseline well given that you have not even achieved that? And you know, to me, six and six is the baseline, and I would basically 
my shortest odds would be that they're six and six. That's what this schedule feels like. It feels tough non-conference. It feels easier in conference, but far from like, oh, you should be going seven and oh on the conference slate, you know? I think so much of it is going to depend on how you factor in rivalry games because you got CU and Wyoming at home. Those are huge. You've got to win at least one of those after not winning any trophy games this past year. And then, you know, I think a lot of it, a lot of it's going to be that non-conference schedule. And, yeah. you know, how tough is that Oregon State game actually going to be? We don't know yet. Like maybe they're a disaster in that game that ends up being a very winnable road game against a right. uh, power five conference, um, power four, whatever they're called. I don't even know what it to call them now. Now they're just yeah, kind of... Yeah, we got to adjust. But only people like us will care. Like, like basketball just became power six, you know? Yeah, it's true. There's no memo was sent out. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're a power Dear six. Get with podcasts them. and bloggers. <laughs> That's right. Officially decreed. about sports <laughs> a lot. You're here, here, here. Yeah. Got a question here from Eric before we get out of here. He thinks Nico Medved has to be one of the one of Colorado State's best basketball coaches. What do you think? I think he's the best basketball coach in CSU history. There have been some longer tenured guys, but when you look at what they've accomplished under him, it's much more consistent than basically any other period other than like a three-year stretch in the, the late 80s uh, where the Rams had some some nice runs, but especially just in modern basketball, like it's... I mean, they're all kind of modern Rams basketball head coaches, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the, the most On successful short ones. List. Yeah. 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 All right. That's, uh, that's all we've got, I think, for today. I appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, I'll have some content previewing uh, Senior Day. Going to be an emotional one. Isaiah Stevens' last game in Moby. Uh, Obviously, must win for the Rams. It's do or die time. They have got to respond. Uh, me and RG will be there in person Saturday, so make sure you keep an eye out on our social. We'll have all kinds of video, photo, uh, written content, podcast content, all the CSU content that your heart desires. Always oh proud to be. Have a great rest of your week, y'all. Make sure you keep up with the rest of the content. Peace.
Let's make a toast, always kill it. Then put our heart up on a stage and hope the people feel it. I'm in the studio, headphones blaring until everything's gold. 24 karat.